When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, April 1st, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, April Fool's Day, but uh, no fooling. Aaron Savali was uh, lights out last night in his, what, second Cactus League start. He uh, struck out seven, uh, looked really strong, and uh, it's a, a good sign for the Guardians starting rotation if Aaron Savali is able to go, what, four, four, four deep and, and uh, strike out seven in a game. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, I think that's probably the best start of any of the the Guardian starters uh, this spring. Uh, encouraging, like you said, Joe, four innings. Uh, and right now he's lined up. It looks like to pitch the third game <clears throat> of the season. That would be uh, next Sunday in Kansas City, you know, and uh, it looks like, you know, obviously uh, Terry Francona said Beaver would start uh, the opener. Then it looks like Quantrill, Savali, and then, uh, you know, some combination of Plesak and Tristan McKenzie uh, would, would finish out that series against the Royals. Right, because they do have a bunch of off days, uh, you know, lined up with uh, after the, the season opener. They'll, they'll be off on that Friday. Uh, and then after uh, two games in Cincinnati, they'll have an off day as well. So. Uh, that'll that'll sort of keep things in line that first time through the rotation uh, if they do piggyback Plesak and Savali. But uh, Beaver getting the opening day start was like pretty much like news to nobody, I guess, uh, is the, the the way you got to look at it. It's just a matter of is he going to be stretched out enough and is he going to be, uh, I guess, okay with going short in that first uh, first outing. That's what Tito really had to talk to him about was, Hey, if we give you the ball on uh, Thursday, you know, the, in, on April 7th in, in Kansas City, uh, are you going to be okay if we come take it in the second, third, or fourth inning? Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, in talking to <clears throat> Bieber after his first uh, spring training start, he was saying he's ready to throw a lot of pitches. He feels great, but uh, he just doesn't want to jump into anything too soon. Uh, but well, too soon has arrived and, uh, you know, it's gotta, I mean, now, you know, now he's got, maybe he's got to throw at least once more Joe, right before Thursday. And, uh, so what's, if, if that's a, uh, a minor league game or, uh, you know, a cactus league game 
We'll have to monitor that pretty closely and see, you know, just how much work he gets in to get ready for this uh, opening day start. And I don't think, uh, you know, ego is going to get in the way or anything like that. I think taking the ball to start, understanding the, the situation right now and how they're trying to protect him, especially coming off a season where he was injured. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a problem for Bieber to, to hand the ball over when the time comes, uh, you know, knowing that they're, they're protecting him and they're trying to keep him from, you know, not being able to last into uh, the, the late part of the season. If, if he gets injured again, or if the, the, the innings pile up, uh, I, I just want to talk about Savali and just the way that he's come in and really just sort of under the radar without any uh, sort of fanfare, this guy's ready to go and he's sharp. And, you know, if, if not for the, uh, the injury that he suffered last year, we might be talking about a guy who was getting uh, Cy Young consideration. Uh, Tito thought uh, for sure he deserved all-star consideration. Yeah, you know, he was 12-3 and three when he got hurt against the Cubs. You know, was leading the league and leading all of baseball and wins, innings pitched. You know, he's right there in ERA. Uh, and, he, you know, and usually those kind of guys, when they do get hurt, you know, just before the All-Star, you know, break, uh, you know, you get some, you get some, uh, you know, you, you make the All-Star team. You just, you know, you show up, but you don't pitch. And he didn't even get a call there. And I thought, uh, rightly so, Joe, that uh, if he had stayed healthy and kept pitching at that pace, you know, you're looking at maybe an 18, 20-game winner, and he's definitely in the Cy Young conversation. You know, I talked to him about that when I was out in Arizona after one of his starts, his first start, and he said, you know, I can sit here and what-if myself to death, but, you know, that's not going to do me any good. I've got to concentrate on this season and move forward and – uh he looked sharp last night. He, I mean, he looks like he's doing exactly that. And, and, you know, Joe, he did that, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he was a player rep this, this past off season, uh, you know, and probably one of, one of the most difficult times to be a player rep in baseball history, second longest uh, uh, lockout. And he, you know, he kind of, you know, don't, you, you don't, you don't volunteer for that job. You, you get, you inherit it. <laughs> you know, and uh, he got it when, uh, you know, Carrasco and Lindor and, uh, you know, uh, Roberto Perez all got, you know, whacked and uh, they were traded and, and uh, the, you know, and I think uh, Shane Bieber was, was part of that. And Bieber said he wanted to concentrate on getting healthy. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, so the, the dude, the job fell to, uh, to Savali and, and Cal Quantrill, Cal Quantrill was the assistant and, 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 you know, he did a good job and sometimes that can get, you know, in the way of things, but it didn't get in the way of his training. He said he, you know, he was, he was on zoom calls with the other player reps while he was working out. And uh, he certainly, he looks in great shape this spring, Joe. And, and last night his breaking ball was working very well. And that's, a, and he faced uh, the, the Mariners a lineup. Yeah. Tito uh, wanted to avoid the insinuation that, you know, being the player rep put uh, um, Savali behind anybody or, or, you know, sort of impeded his progress this, this offseason. But, you know, he, he did come into camp uh, at the very last second. And, you know, he was sort of the last starting pitcher to, to take the mound and, and get out there and, and, you know, get going. But to his credit, I mean, once he took the mound, he's sharp as hell. He's, he, was, he was ready to go. So 
uh, you know, it's not like it's a big deal that, you know, he was a couple of uh, days arriving to camp behind the other starters. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, expect expect big things out of Savali this year and uh, it, you won't be disappointed. Uh, another guy that uh, sort of uh, is is performing at a, at a surprisingly high pace right now, uh, Andres Jimenez uh, hit a home run uh, yesterday to lead uh, in, in, in the first inning. Uh, he's, he's hit the ball. Well, he's, you know, played everywhere they've asked him to. I think this is a guy who might be starting to figure some stuff out, uh, in his, you know, second year with the ball club. Yeah, Joe. And, and I think, uh, you know, he, he's shown he can play shortstop or, or second base. You know, I think it, to me, it looks like the plan, you know, would be for him to open a shortstop and maybe play Rosario in left field. I don't know how, how serious that is. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Terry Francona said yesterday on the Zoom call that Rosario will probably be back at he had yesterday off and he'll be back at shortstop uh, tonight when they play Arizona. Uh, but I'm, I'm still I'm still a little confused where that's going. But you know, we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. But Jimenez has you know really uh, you know just shown that he can handle the middle of the infield, and he looks uh, you know he, he looks a lot more confident at the plate. I think, you know, going down, you know, having some time at AAA after skipping AAA, being skipped with the match, he never played there at AAA, probably helped him and, uh, you know, just uh, helped him find a find a swing that, that he can, you know, can, can kind of rely on. Yeah, and Tito mentioned that uh, he, he went down last year. He, while he was in AAA, he hit a bunch of home runs in AAA. And then, you know, there was a period when he came back up where he was still trying to hit home runs uh, at the big league level, but then uh, late in the season, he really sort of start, started to figure things out. Uh, the light, light bulb sort of went off, and that's carried over into spring training. Uh, another guy whose light bulb uh, really went off, I, and and you you dropped this one on me. I was surprised to hear Owen Miller leading the club with three home runs. Uh, that's uh, you know pretty shocking. He hit another one um, last night, and we've seen him pull the baseball. Uh, a little bit more than, you know, we, we always expect, uh, you know, three to four hits a game and, and they'll, they'll all be line drives somewhere. But Owen Miller's been pulling the ball in the left field and hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And uh, that's exciting to hear. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, you you could have won some money at the start of camp if you uh, had bet, uh, you know, in, going into the last week of spring training that Owen Miller would uh, would be leading the team in home runs. And, Franmel Reyes hasn't gone deep once. So interesting, interesting. Uh, you never know about spring training, but Miller certainly, you know, has, you know, kind of, you know, we, when he came over in, in the uh, trade with San Diego, you know, scouts said he was a really a good hitter. Uh, we saw that last spring. Uh, we saw it at AAA last year. Didn't necessarily translate when he made his big league debut. But uh, maybe that was just a feeling out process. He had to, you know, get used to it. But we're definitely seeing it again this spring, along with power, Joe. And, you know, that's the unexpected part. And, uh, you know, and now, now, like we were talking about before the podcast, um, where does he fit? Does he make this club? Yeah. Uh, does, or does he run into, uh, is, he, is he this year's version of Bobby Bradley? Right. It's a, could it be a numbers game again uh, this year for a guy who's, who's hot, like Bobby Bradley last year at the end of camp was hot and you were, 
you were locked in thinking, man, Bobby Bradley's on this team. They're going to make a, a tough decision and, and cut Jake Bowers loose. And, you know, Bobby Bradley's the man. And then, you know, they make the, they make the decision. The guy with the option gets the spot. Well, there's guys with options. Uh, Yu Chang, uh, you know, guys who are, are in that mix who are probably going to get a spot on the roster, but do you, do you cut somebody else loose to keep Owen Miller? Or do you option him at the beginning of the season? And he's one of your hotter hitters. Uh, it's, it's not unheard of. It's not like uh, Tito has not done something like that before. Uh, and, and maybe you send him down to Columbus and he stays hot for a month and you bring him up in uh, uh, sometime in May, but uh, you know, you run the risk of him losing that momentum that he has right now in, in Arizona and, you know, the, the, the faith that you would have in him to, to be able to carry that over into the start of a regular season. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that hurts him is he's in that group of guys that all do the same thing. Ernie Clement, uh, you know, Chang um, uh, with, uh, you know, Jimenez and, and, uh, and now Miller, you know, they're all kind of grouped together. They're all having great camps and, you know, usually somebody has to go. You're not going to now, if he could play the outfield, that would be interesting. We haven't mm-hmm. seen him out there. You know, I guess there's been some talk about maybe trying him out there, but maybe if he could play the outfield, that would help him. But Clement is, you know, he, he can play the outfield. So, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with him going down. We saw the same thing a couple of years ago with Oscar Mercado. He went down, you know, after hitting like over 400 in spring training, then came back up and had his best year in the big leagues, what, in 2019. So I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, the same thing could happen with, with Miller. Yeah. And, and that's like you said, Ernie Clement is the reason why there's a numbers game right now, because Ernie Clement is tearing the cover off the ball. He's playing good defense all over the place. And Ernie Clement can go out and play left field. Uh, if, if there was another week of spring training uh, games left, I think uh, we would see Ernie Clement out there in left field and Owen Miller's, you know, you know, <laughs> course would be clear. Uh, the other uh, move yesterday, Brian Lavastida, uh, looks like he's got a, a path to possibly making the big league opening day roster because the, uh, the Guardians cut loose Sandy Leone, uh, who they had signed to a non-roster, uh, a minor league contract non-roster invitee in camp. Uh, they told him yesterday that he would not be making the club, uh, offered him the option to go to their AAA uh, uh you know, club and he declined and became a minor league free agent, uh, which is, you know, something he was able to do with his contract. Uh, so that answers the big question that we were talking about earlier this week. What are they going to do with backup catcher while Luke Maley is sidelined, uh, you know, at least three more weeks with a hamstring? Uh, it looks like Brian Lavastida at 23 years old with all of seven games in <laughs> at the AAA level uh, is, is headed for a spot on the roster. Yeah, uh, you know, you, they always say catching is the, the fastest way to the big leagues. And, uh, you know, La Vestita is making, making that ring true right now. Uh, you know, I think the fact that, you know, Maley is making some, is, is, you know, recovering well from that hamstring injury, that they don't think it's, a, you know, serious. You know, it's still going to be three to four weeks. It always is with a hamstring Uh but, uh, you know, they, they have him on the horizon. He's on the 40 man. So I think, you know, you can make a, you could make a move there. If they didn't have melee, melee, you know, it might be a different story and maybe Sandy Leon makes a club and, uh, 
and Lavastida gets sent down, or I don't know if he would get taken off the roster. Yeah, I, I don't know that you you would try to, you know, sneak somebody through. Any of those young prospects that they put on in November, uh, any of those 11 guys are guys that they figured would get taken in the Rule 5 draft, so they needed to protect them. So if they were exposed to waivers, somebody would be taking them for sure. Uh, that leaves, you know, Lavastida as your backup and might put some pressure on Austin Hedges, A, to stay healthy through the first, like, two to three weeks of the season. Uh, you know, if he goes down, you've got Lavastida, and then who else? Uh, yeah, Bo, Bo Naylor. Yeah, Lavastida yeah. and Bo Naylor. So, yeah, I, I think yeah, I would not be surprised to see the Guardians uh, be active and maybe, uh, you know, either acquire uh, a minor league catcher of some sort or, uh, you know, somebody who's close to being ready at, at the major leagues uh, level or, uh, you know, sign a, a free agent like a Sandy Leone uh, and, and, and stash him at AAA until, you know, just as a just in case sort of move uh, to figure things out. Yeah, I think they they got somebody uh, from 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 the uh, the JC Mejia deal uh, with uh, Milwaukee. They brought in a catcher, didn't they? Oh, was was it Fry? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah? You know, he's kind of a utility guy, but he's done. He's played. He's mostly a catcher. So right, but he's not. A, he's not on the roster. He's not on the forty man roster. So right, yeah. If if an injury happened, they would have to make a move for sure. So. All right. Uh, you know, that. speaking of Austin Hedges, uh, that brings us to uh, yesterday I put up a, a post the, that I've been sort of working on for a while uh, about Austin Hedges and his uh, philanthropic work. Uh, mostly it, 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 it centered on uh, his father, Charlie. Uh, Charlie. Charlie Hedges is a, a really interesting character, a great guy to get, uh, get in touch with and talk to. He's a guy who coached Austin while he was uh, a, a, you know, a, a youth baseball player, coached his 12U team. And I did a, a feature about how they, uh, they had a bunch of future major leaguers, including Bryce Harper, Zach Davies, Joe Musgrove, all played with uh, Austin on his 12U baseball team. Uh, but that got me, that led me to what, uh, what Charlie is doing right now in Africa with a program called Wells for Life. And uh, I'm sorry, Wells of Life. And uh, it is just really interesting work how they uh, fund construction of wells in these villages in Uganda, where, you know, access to clean and safe water is, is a huge issue over there. And just to be able to provide uh, that kind of sort of, uh, you know, energy and sustenance for a thousand people at a time in a village that since 2010, that organization has, has built wells to provide water for almost a million people. Uh, that's their goal by the end of 2022. And I, I just, I was fascinated by the story and just really fascinated by the relationship between Austin and Charlie that sort of, you know, plays off of this idea of, you know, the reason that you, you play baseball and the reason that you're a major leaguer is, so that you can help provide for something bigger than yourself. You know, don't just think about the world uh, in your immediate surroundings. You got to think about, uh, you got to think globally. And that's what, what Austin uh, is, is all about uh, because of Charlie. It was just uh, really fascinating to get to talk to the two of them uh, about their views on such things. Yeah, that was a great read, Joe. And, and I urge anybody 
that they should uh, check out the story on cleveland.com. Really, really good story. Well done. And a kind of inspiring story for sure. You know, just, uh, you know, people giving back to people. It's, it was, you know, the, of, you know, like, uh, you know, like Hedges said, you know, he's, he's, he's a fortunate guy to be playing big league baseball. It's given him, you know, the, uh, the, the opportunity to uh, give back to right. people like the, the people in Uganda. So it was, that was, that was a great story. Yeah. And the thing with, uh, the thing with Austin is he, uh, he talked about how he, he really wants to go over there, but playing in the big leagues right now, you know, the, the off season, you get a very limited amount of time to, to be able to travel and, and do stuff. Plus that's a, it's a heck of a trip. Charlie said it's a, it's a 30 hours of travel time, you know, 25 to 30 hours of travel time to go from Southern California uh, where he lives to Uganda. And uh, you know, I get, I don't blame Austin for wanting to wait until uh, after his baseball playing days are over uh, before making his first trip out there. But when he gets there, there's, uh, there's already, uh, you know, four wells in villages and, uh, you know, up to like eight more that he's helped uh, repair that, that he's personally donated that have his name on a plaque right there. You know, he could, he, once he gets, uh, is able to head out there, uh, you know, it's just a neat thing to think about. Uh, a guy who, you know, he works at the, the work ethic is there. You see it with, with him and the way that he handles the pitching staff here in Cleveland. Uh, you know, Tito obviously sees it in Austin uh, that he's the kind of guy that he wants out there, you know, running the show. And now you sort of see some of the motivation behind what makes him so great uh, at what he does is he's not just playing for himself. He's playing so that he has the means to help provide, you know, this sort of facility for, um, you know, people who, who wouldn't otherwise be able to do that. It's, it's really neat. Uh, Charlie explained how, you know, they still, they still in these villages that, that have the wells, you know, the, the surrounding villages, women have to come from, you know, miles away and carry the, the jugs of water on their, on their heads, like you saw in the photos there. Um, and, and that's culturally, that's still sort of their responsibility, but that exposes them. Women could be, you know, attacked by animals on the, on the road there. They could be attacked by, you know, uh, abducted and, and, you know, they're, they're at risk in that way. But if they've got a well in their own village, they don't have to walk, you know, three, four miles at a time. So, uh, it, it's a safety issue as well for some of them. And, uh, just yeah, fascinating story to hear uh, the, you know, sort of the behind the scenes part of, of what goes into that, that program and uh, what the, what Austin and Charlie are doing is, is really amazing. Uh, it's, you know, fun to sort of follow that. Okay. Uh, we're looking at what, how many, six more games, maybe? I think six more games, Joe. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think play the this weekend. is the last game. The, they got a split squad on the fifth. Right. And so, you know, you, you would figure that the, uh, the major leaguers will be in Arizona on the fifth and then, uh, you know, the, the rest of the 40 man roster will be at, at Goodyear finishing up. Uh, so uh, we're going to take the weekend to sort of sort out our season preview material. We'll be back on uh, Monday to give you our roster projections, who we think is going to be, playing where and what the lineups will look like break down each position on the roster. And uh, before you know it, 
opening day will be here and uh, we'll be seeing uh, Shane Bieber throwing out the first pitch uh, for the Guardians uh, on Thursday in Kansas City. Good deal, Joe. All right. We'll talk to you again next week on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>